This is episode number 91 with Amanda Bolin. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Sippets. My name's Dave Brown. I'm here with my co-host, Barbara Allen, and we feature stories and interviews from social media influencers, celebrities, veterans, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and exceptional Americans who are giving back both in business and in everyday life. And each week, we bring you stories that will not only inspire you, but propel you into action in your own life. And whether they are celebrities or small-town heroes, each guest is a shining example of the American spirit. And today's guest is no exception. Amanda Bolin knows all about making big moves. She knows even more about making the right moves, even when the rest of the world thinks she's crazy. Amanda settled into success early in life. She was still in her 20s when she earned a high-paid, high-potential corporate position. Everyone thought she was going to be a star in the corporate world, Amanda included. But it wasn't long before her restless spirit crashed with the rigid lifestyle she signed onto, and a decision had to be made. So Amanda decided to do it her way and made a move that shocked everyone. In this episode, Amanda tells her story of an early rise to success and the bold move she made that changed her life. She shares lessons learned from that decision and how she's creating an even bigger success story after it. Now, without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Amanda Bolin. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I am your co-host, Barb Allen. I have the great pleasure today of sitting down and speaking with Amanda Bolin. She is someone who I came about finding. I don't know why I didn't find her on my own, but I'm very thankful to the person, one of my (laughs) followers who reached out and said, you need to find Amanda Bolin and get her on your show. So I think that is uh, a great compliment to me for someone who respects you and says that, you know, you should be on your show, but certainly it must be great for you to hear that your followers as well are advocating for you. So Amanda Bolin, you have a huge following. You have a great story. You are a (laughs) An excellent example of all that somebody can do on their own with the courage and guts to go out and do it. I'm very excited to talk to you today about She Did It Her Way and and everything that you're doing in your own world. Thank you for being here. Yeah, well, thank you. It's such um, it's an honor and a pleasure, and it means the world to me that someone who is following in my tribe took it upon themselves enough to say like, Hey, bring Amanda on. And, um, I don't take the role lightly or to be able to be in front of thousands of people every single week. It means, um, it means a lot to me. And, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. You You have a lot going on and you're everywhere, which is a good thing, a good thing. Um, (laughs) and you got on the podcasting train early, you know, at the, at the great point, but before you did that, I want to talk about what you've done before before everything, um, right? Because you were, I mean, you got, yeah. <laughs> you, you took this entrepreneurial leap. You had everything going for you. You went to college. You were in the corporate world. You had like 
probably oh, like yeah. every parent says, oh my God, I want my kids to go to college. I want them to get this nice job. You had this fancy career and it was going well. And you were like, I'm out, yeah. which is freaking cool. So yeah. tucked. Yeah. How long do we have to tell the story? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll dive right in. Um, and just to give kind of an overview, I, I'm someone who starts on a timeline basis because I think it's always good to know where it started and where it's at. Um, so I graduated college in 2010. I worked in corporate for a few years. And then in 2012, I went and became a contractor. And then through that process, I started She Did It Her Way podcast. And now it's turned into um, a full-fledged business. But to go back and dive in deeper to that experience, um, when I left college, I always knew that I wanted to run my own business or yeah. do it my way, if you will. I didn't know what that that exactly looked like. I knew I had always been a love I had a love affair with personal development and wanting to improve and understanding mindset. And, um, I went, I studied finance and, um, had a certificate in entrepreneurial management, which is crazy because most of the time I feel like in, unless you're studying law or doing something very particular, maybe accounting or becoming a doctor, you know, at the end of the, like who uses their exact skill set that they learn in college these days anyway, not no. very many people, yeah. but, um, I knew like, I'm like, well, I have to pick a major. So, and I like numbers and which is why I picked finance, but I knew that I didn't want to be sitting in an office and not moving around. I love people. And I knew that I had to pick a role that had people. So I accepted a job offer with Target in their stores, two hours West of Iowa city. And I'm from Iowa. And I, that was like, I was 22 and it was a dream of a job. I mean, it definitely target is amazing company, especially in their leadership development. They like really teach you and they work you. Um, but it was in that experience where I found myself that I was working 60 hours a week. I was working weekends. Um, the store that I was in was bottom performing and my department was underperforming. So I had a lot of, I, I, uh, acquired skill set to manage people right from the get go. And, um, it was a lot at that age, but I wouldn't change anything about it. But I remember six months in at the front of the store that I was in looking around, it was close to fourth quarter. And I'm like, this can't be it. Like this cannot, like this can't be it. I went to school. I studied, I came out with a nice sizable student <laughs> loan debt. And here I am, like I'm working a job that I know, you know, there's upward mobility. There's a six figure salary within the next 18 to 24 months and all this stuff. But I'm like, is this really what you're supposed to do? And I think at that time I was fortunate enough that my mentor, um, I saw that he lived a life that he loved and it was, he had time freedom, yeah. money, freedom. Um, he was leaving a legacy. And I think that is a really important nugget that you have to start surrounding yourself by people who are already doing what you want to do because you can't be what you can't yeah. see. And so if people are listening and I always tell my listeners this too, like plug yourself into groups, invest in attending events or invest in courses, like just get around the community and the energy of it, because so much so you're in one school of thought and there's nothing wrong with corporate America. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong. And it works for some people and some other people are like, I need to figure yeah. something else out. Right. Um, but that was my first aha moment that I'm like, this can't be, this can't be it. So I knew that I didn't, wasn't there long-term, but I didn't know what the next step was. And there's so much more about, um, you know, I'd show up in days and I'd be like, oh, today's a really good day. And then 
the next day it wouldn't be a good day. And I was in constant battle emotionally with one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat. And I created so much drama for myself that it, I lived in this like victim mentality about like, why me? And why am I in this until one day it was just, I, I think I was working. I probably worked 12 out of 14 days and there were 12 hour days. And I was sitting eating dinner on a Monday and listening to the sermon of the church that I had gone to in Des Moines. And I just started crying. And it like, that was when I truly broke. And I was like, okay, physically I felt it mentally. I was like, I don't know what's coming next, but I made the decision. Like I'm moving on because when you're faced with one, you're not really sure what you want to do. And two, you know, that you have good benefits, good pay. There's upward mobility. You're on a hypo track. It seems like there's so much to lose in that moment. But for me, like I was younger. So I thought, okay, I'm like, the worst that could happen is that I, you know, I don't know. I moved back home and I work, find a part-time job, whatever. But I had found what was called what I call a bridge job. And that is, I didn't have time in my schedule when I worked at Target to really go out and figure out what I wanted to do. And so from there, I was able, the bridge job gave me back time on my schedule. I went through a third-party agency and started working as a recruiter at Wells Fargo. And it was during that transition that I had met the gentleman who helped kickstart my subcontracting career, which ultimately led me quitting corporate America in total in May of 2012. And that was amazing. Like I got to do leadership development, employee engagement trainings. And then, um, in 2015 was when I started, she did a her way podcast and it was truly just a passion project. I kind of was felt super isolated traveling every single week, living out of a suitcase. And I didn't want to blog because I'm not like writing was always more challenging than speaking. And so I started podcasting. It was probably about in 2017 when I started looking at it through the lens of like what it could be as a business and how can I formally help more women, whether it's me or someone else within my network. And that's kind of kickstarted to what it is today where we have a monthly membership program. We do an annual event. Um, and yeah, that's, I'm going to pause right there. I'm just talking your ear off. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I, I asked the question. I opened the door. So yeah, you did say a lot there and I want to backtrack just a little bit and ask because I'm going to, you learned that lesson. Like you had that moment that a lot of people may not have until they're like my age, right? Like I'm 46 and you had that moment much younger than when I did. I mean, I, I remember Back then, I mean, I was having I had babies way too early, like quickly and furiously, right? But whatever. But that's what I was doing. But still, like I remember having a job and like, you know what? I hate that these people are miserable. They make me miserable. I, I'm just going to go get another job. And I would just leave that job, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a career. There's a difference when you have the job and the career. And it was easy for me to leave the mm. job, but when I had to make a decision to leave a career, it was like, there was a lot to consider, but a lot of people hit mm. like my age and they look back and they've settled for that. They've stayed in that career for 20 years, even though it made them unhappy, miserable at worst and unfulfilled, you know, maybe at the best, like they're paying their bills, but it doesn't fulfill them. Yeah. So what was it? I'm curious, like, how did you, how did you, I know you had that aha moment, right? A lot of people have those aha moments. And a lot of people say, oh, well, like aha and oh, well comes next. I'm good. I'm just going to do it. Right. So like, what yeah. was it that gave you the, you know, what? oh, well, this is the worst that can happen. I'm still going to just go for it because it's a, and podcasting even four years ago, wasn't like now people are starting to understand and accept that, Hey, this is a viable path. But four years ago, it was pretty unknown. 
and you just did it anyway. Yeah. Like, so what gave you the oomph to to make those moves and stick with it? And were people saying, Amanda, what the heck, man? What are you doing? Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah. Um, middle child syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> no, is that an answer? I'm just kidding. Um, I, you know, I think part of it, I don't know if I could say like, oh, I just got lucky, but I do believe that by reading one personal development books at such a young age, I started understanding and I had this in, innate and unique curiosity about how we all worked. I also, um, my family, like at the time I thought that it was, like a negative thing. But now when I look back at my life, I mean, right, we all get like hindsight's 2020 and we're like, oh my God, my parents were so <laughs> right. But when you're in it, you're like, what? And, and for me, it was, you know, I grew up in an environment where my, both my parents each had a job. Sometimes they had two jobs at the same time. It was very blue collar. It was, you know, if you want something, go get a job, like figure out how you're going to pay for it. Neither of my parents went to college. And then one of my parents never graduated high school. So I didn't have the construct of, my parents didn't have this pressure of like, this is what you have to do. Like to them, I never even went on a college visit with them. It was always with my other friend's parents. And that's not to say that like my parents are bad parents in any way, shape or form. My parents just didn't know. And I think having that naiveness and growing up in that environment where it's like first generational college, um, students, not just about college, but just in general, I didn't have the pressure about like, I had to prove something to, my parents, or I had to stay in a career. I mean, I don't even think my parents still know. <laughs> what I don't I do, know what I honest. do either. They're like, <laughs> and I'm much older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, wait, what? I mean, even people that I talk to, and this again, it's not, it's not a judgment thing. It's just people when they don't know, they don't know. And for me, like, I, I remember when I told my parents like what I was doing, and they're like, okay, like you figured it out already this far. Like we trust that you, you know what you're doing. But other people who had been more primed down a certain path. We're like, honey, like, and I know it was coming from a place of love and usually it is. And sometimes it's not, I don't think I ran into that, but I've seen other people in their environments, like individuals will project their not insecurity, but almost mm -hmm. like envy that you're getting quote unquote out, or you're actually doing something. And so they project their own insecurities and fears on you because they're not strong enough to actually like take the leap. And I think that's important to know when you start wanting to run your own business and it doesn't have to be this like crazy multi-million dollar business. It could be something that replaces your income and gives you back like 40% of time. So instead of spending 40 hours a week, you can work 30 hours a week, making the same amount right. of money, but doing it yourself. Right. Um, so I think there's that. And then, um, you know, the pain versus pleasure thing where oftentimes, we as humans will do anything to avoid pain or gain pleasure. And in that moment, it was like, it just, you know, enough gets enough. And you kind of, when you remove the drama and you just make a decision, the opportunities start popping up. Like once I made the decision that I was like, I'm done with target. And I had, I made so, I have two best friends out of target and the people that work there are amazing. Like, yes, I had people challenge me and be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Like you could have your own store yeah. in 20, 24 months or whatever. And I'm like, I would rather take this chance now. And I mean, I see it more a lot, like even, so I'm 31 and I have friends that are in corporate and now they're starting to be like, wait, is this what I want to do? And yeah. so like, for me, I just, 
wherever I was in that moment, I'm like, okay, it's more painful and energetically draining to stay in this. And when I made the decision to leave the opportunity to become a recruiter through a third party agency came up. And that actually was the biggest, more fearful leap because I went from, I took a $10,000 pay cut, which when you're 22, 23, and you've got student loans, the size of a rent payment in Iowa, but maybe not (laughs) Chicago, but in Iowa, um, in you, it's kind of like, oh, geez. So what do you do? You, I got a job at a gym to supplement my income, but then also allow me to read. And then that way I got a free gym membership and you, you figure it out. And one of the, I just came back from Tony Robbins business mastery. And it was like, when sometimes we're so focused on like, how do we do it where we have to be, he said, first, you have to become so certain about the, what are you doing and why you're doing it? Because when you're in a state of certainty, you're going to be in a a different state and then you're going to create a different narrative and it's going to lead to a different result. And so if you're uncertain about something that will affect what happens. And so you first have to be certain about what and why, and then you like, it's the will where there's a will, there's a way. And so getting certain about the decision and then the how will just show up. Like it doesn't just show up, but then you're in a, you're in a different state. Like you just need to focus on the what and the why. And when I did that, that's when that opportunity came up. I was able to meet, um, a guy by the name of Chad who I carried on a relationship with for not a, uh, like relationship in the sense, like I was like, Chad, <laughs> I want to learn more about your business, Chad. And I kept following up with him. And then hmm. he called me up like a year later and said he had a project with AT&T and I quit my job and it like has provided me so many opportunities and learning moments and stuff that I can't even like yeah. begin to fathom. And it's, and it's led me to where I am today and I'm so grateful for it. But yeah, that it was just, I think the upbringing and then also you have to get in the right mindset to get straight and surround yourself by other people who are doing it that can help guide you through the process. Yeah. So talk about now you have, you know, your own monthly programs and your coaching and your event. Talk about now, like who is a typical person who comes to you, who finds you and, and, you know, and seeks out help from you? Yeah. Um, so as we've grown, there's definitely been like, we have a little bit of a longer, I guess you could call customer journey, if you will, because people have moved through. So, um, most of the time where we target, especially for her way society, because it really tailors towards the woman who is in still working full time, but is also side hustling or still trying to figure out like, how do I take my skill set and create a business out of it? So that's really the target market, but also women who, what I found is getting them to take action and taking massive action and overcoming the limiting beliefs and fears around what they have. Like, um, so often we talk ourselves out of taking action before we've even started a project because we think that there's no point. And so if we think that there's no point, we're not going to take action. Understanding how can we get you into a place where we can take massive action, small steps and create the business. So it's not, um, this like, come here and you're going to turn out a six figure business. I mean, you could, we actually had one lady that did Julie Ciardi. Um, but it's how can we provide the roadmap? And so it's definitely a blend of a personality trait, like women who really want to step up and want it and are ready to commit and do it. And then it's also women who are looking to find freedom and maybe work 30 hours and still make the same amount of money who want more flexibility in their schedule are the people that, that show up. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. 
everyone. Thanks for listening in. We'll get right back to the episode and interview with Amanda Boland. But first, we want to let you know about a contest that we're having right here at American Snippets till the end of April. And it's super easy to enter to win. All you have to do is go over to americansnippets.com forward slash contest and enter to win a pair of wireless earbuds. That's right. We're giving away 10 pairs of wireless earbuds. These are waterproof earbuds and they actually come with their own charging case. They're super cool and you can enter to win a pair just by going to americansnippets.com forward slash contest. And now back to our interview with Amanda Bowles. What are uh, some <laughs> typical or some of the most common struggles or roadblocks or questions like the most, some of the most frequent issues that you help your clientele navigate? Um, yeah, some, some of it's a tactical standpoint. So we had, um, one of the members was creating her opt-in for her website and she was kind of struggling. She's like, I didn't, I don't really love it. And so I challenged, I just encouraged her. I said, I want you to go back to your email list or any Facebook groups that you're a part of that you think that you already know who your target is. And I want you to survey them and have a conversation with them. She came back a few weeks later on the next call and realized she's like, actually, this is my current opt-in is not even speaking to what they're actually struggling with. And she kind of found this whole new, what she thought it was versus what really came out of it, opened up her eyes to really say, okay, this is actually like, I'm using data and feedback that I got to say like, this is what people are looking for. So from a tactical perspective, we talk about that. We talk about, um, how to create like consistent, um, content on a weekly basis to help build your audience. So things like that. And then on the other construct is, um, breaking down the limiting beliefs and changing the questions that they might be asking themselves. So like, instead of asking, why isn't this working? Asking something about like, how can I make this work? So subtle things around the mindset that have a really big impact that causes them to show up differently, um, in their actions is huge. So those are the two main things that we focus on in the society. So how do you then your your podcast, actually, I'm going to jump into that because I talked to you quickly yeah. <laughs> uh, right before we started this because I had just I just saw today, actually, this morning as I was prepping your latest issue with your podcast. Um, and it is a yes. great Ooh. example. I looked at it and I even when I saw this, I was like, oh, my God, that can happen. And I <laughs> freaked out. Right. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, no, you freak out and you're like, oh. I'm like OK, so I'm like, very sorry this has happened to you. But I'm very happy I had the opportunity to ask you about it, uh, you know, and <laughs> tell us a little bit about because this is a great example of unanticipated setbacks and how you are navigating it. Yes. Um, so what had happened, I on a th- I woke up Thursday morning. This was, a I don't know, a month ago or something. And I got an email. It was like, your podcast is rejected. Now, for me, that's huge because we were just like the podcast growth was picking yeah. up major momentum. And I was like, this is amazing. It takes a lot of work, and, by the way, for um, anyone who doesn't it know takes it. A, it's no joke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's no joke. And um, I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean it's rejected? I'm like, what happened? And so you get an email that sends you to a link. It's like these list of potential opportunities or things that might be. So it doesn't tell you specifically. So you're wondering like, what the heck did I do wrong? Oh my gosh, you're going into overdrive freak out. But they, you, and you can't, this is the other thing. You can't call them. They only operate via email, iTunes support. 
So you're kind of at the mercy of their pace. And so during this whole time, I was like talking to my podcast hosting site, all this stuff. And it went on for about four or five days. And what had happened is my, um, the author was stated she did it her way, not me. And one of the second things was my graphic size that was pulling to iTunes was too big. So very minute, trivial. Now there's certainly, um, silver linings to it. And this is what I would recommend. Um, and I teach in my like podcast course now is that when you, for us, we were, it started 2015, January. And like I said before, it was just, it was a hobby. It wasn't anything that I anticipated to grow into what it is today. And I'm so grateful that it has, but when it was originally set up, we had our podcast hosting site, which is Simplecast, and I love them. They're amazing. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, do Simplecast. And yet we were actually hosting the podcast through Squarespace. And there were um, there were people involved at the beginning that within the first year of the business no longer were involved. And um, I forget, I mean, it doesn't even matter at this point, but when it was set up, it was set up to feed from Squarespace, not Simplecast. So the RSS feed was that was feeding into iTunes was actually a Squarespace RSS feed, not Simplecast, not from the hosting site. And so now I like that. And again, when I was doing the process, it wasn't broken. And I think, and I explained this in a podcast episode about how to find the silver lining of what is a perceived setback because, you know, as a business owner, there's so many ways and or there's so many opportunities to beat up on yourself. Like, Oh, I didn't tag a link or, Oh, someone pointed out, I spelled that wrong. Or, Oh, I mean like it just goes on. And if you let every single thing, if you give right. breath and life to every single thing you do wrong, like you're going to drive yourself crazy. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like I didn't know what I didn't know cause it was not broken. So the silver lining is, is that if in the future I ever wanted to move away from Squarespace, I would have to update my RSS feed right. to iTunes anyway. And when you update an RSS feed, a new one, it completely, you lose basically all the data and you lose all your reviews and people who are subscribed to the old RSS feed are probably, they're not today seeing anything like our downloads have dropped anywhere from 20 to at sometimes most 30% right now. I mean, again, this is a month after it happened. Is it crushing? Yes. Is my stamina as a continuation? to continue to keep going bigger than that. 1000%. Like I look at this, I'm like, Nope, this was supposed to happen because we're, we're doing a rebrand at the end of the year. And if I wanted to go away from Squarespace and move to WordPress, I would then have to do the same thing over and over or over at that time. And I'm like better to happen now than later. Um, gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's still like I, it crushes a little bit. Cause you're like, when that's your main mode yes. of communication with people and like my tribe, but it, it, in it, I like, kind of got, I got super emotional. Cause I'm like the thought of someone thinking that I'm not showing up and that I just ditched them like pains me because that's not what happened. And, um, that was, and it, it's also a, a crippling thing a little bit too, because I have podcast sponsors on certain episodes that are yes. expecting certain downloads. So you have that, but silver lining is one, I can help and teach other people not to make the same mistake that I did. Number two, it reinforces that at the end of the day, you don't own any platform. I don't own iTunes. Right. Well, unless you buy their stock, I don't own Instagram. Same thing, right? Instagram, Facebook, the really, the only platform that you own is your email list. And it's, you may have really great downloads on a podcast, but if you don't have a strong email list, then it's very difficult to maintain, you know, the, the health and the state of your business anyway. So again, it just reinforced that as well. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, feel free to ask any follow-up <laughs> questions. <that they> had. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's great. It was interesting. We experienced something similar when, you know, we first launched and then we switched platforms and we lost a lot of our our reviews and our feedback and our, you know, something would have 800 shares and now it showed as zero. We're like, ah, you know, um, and that was new for us, you know, like but, uh, you know, I'm yeah. still when we were very new. So that was hard for us. But um, iTunes thing, I hadn't thought of, you know, that something like that could just occur with your with your podcast, which would be a tough, which would be a toughie. But, you know. I mean, yeah. Imagine like yeah. just disappearing. <laughs> it's like, like oh all my your God, work. That it was is the so big, hard. I mean, it's I, so much work to do this. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you don't know yeah. when you're going to hear back. And it was a really big um, moment of testing to live in the present. And I had some people like, I don't, I never, I, pro I allowed myself for five minutes to have like a full blown freak out where I was swearing, cussing, crying. And then I was That's like, important. Okay. You like, got to let yourself you have do? those five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it's like, yeah. I don't want to linger on about this because really what, like in this moment, what can I do? And expending energy about being upset or playing a victim role is not serving me. And so it's just learning to sit with the uncomfortableness is also a lesson. Yeah. And, you know, did you find once you made that move um, from, you know, the, the like structured safe job into this unknown world, did you find that when you made that yeah. move, you're inner circle change your relationships with people change like did some people kind of take a more distant spot in your life and more Ooh. people move forward um i see that's a really good question um i probably some of my best closest friends are not in the entrepreneurial yeah. space like my friends i'm still really close with people like a handful of friends from high school college and then target. And then that's, and I have some new friends now, the newer, the newer, like latest friends are ones that I've met through business. Um, but I've definitely, I think as I'm a typical extrovert and I've always, I'm a recovering people pleaser, I guess you could say, where I'd always be like, yes, and I have to do this and I got to fill my calendar and I have to like, you know, it was just kind of the state that I was in. And now as I've gotten older and I've just gotten, I think between maturity, but then also when you run a business, it's, understanding like what is most important and protecting your time and energy. So I get a lot more inquiries about, um, meetups and coffees and things like that. And it's not that I don't want to go, go get coffee. It's, it's not, it's not that it's more of like, I have to invest my energy in people who are showing up in like for the podcast and protecting energy for people that I coach and things like that. Um, so I've seen that, that shift a little bit. Um, Gosh, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, my closest friends are not even business owners, but now like I live in Chicago and I used to go to social events all the time, but I don't do it anymore because I'm like, I just want to protect my energy and time and yeah. hang out with my husband. <laughs> no, so. that's good. And I'm curious to ask, um, you know, people have different experiences, but I think it's also similar when you're you're going to do something that maybe people don't understand. Like you touched on before, maybe they're envious or maybe this or that. Yeah. And I, I have people come to me and ask like, Hey, how am I supposed to do this when I'm not getting the support? People don't understand. Everyone's telling me I can't do it. I'm crazy. I'm going to lose this. And so, you know, yeah, yeah you I will say to them, like, you know, <laughs> it's just time to restructure relationships, right. To protect 
what you know you believe in. So I'm, I like to ask other people how they manage that because, you know, there could be a different approach. Maybe you have a different approach to that than I have or I have thought of or somebody has mm-hmm. thought of. And it's unfortunate, right? It's going to be kind of sad to to yeah. um, to make that shift, but you, you got to do it. I think, I mean, yeah, you bring up a really good point too, especially especially when it's your close friends or family members and they don't get and it, when you're so early on and you're so vulnerable and susceptible and you're in this like you're changing and you want to change it is so much more it's so important to have the support of people reminding you why you're doing what you're doing and knowing that what you're doing is normal and what you experience is normal for the path that you're carving out for yourself and like now when i talk to people and they don't understand my business i'm less triggered and i'm less like oh my gosh my business cuz i'm like i know my business yeah it's okay if you don't, it's fine. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Um, we yes. just stay in our own lanes, right? Like, and, um, that's just, you get comfortable, I think with it. I'm sure. I mean, for you, if have you, I sure you got like, you're kind of at the point where you're like, Oh, like this is just what I do. And some people understand and yeah. some people don't, but that's okay. Cause you're so plugged into the yeah. community that supports yeah, and that, you. I think that you just brought yeah. up a good point too. The more anchored you get in the community that supports you, the easier it is to let the other stuff not pierce your armor, you know, and get to you and, and kind of Ooh, like like drag that, you huh? down. So, but I, I like to point that out and I hope people who are listening, take a minute to think about that. Cause I imagine a lot of people listening are going to be at that point, or if they're not at that point, they will be at that point soon where they're going to want to make that leap and they're going to have those doubters mm. um, kind of impacting their mindset. And I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that people have to get through. And it's something that can often deter somebody before they even give themselves a chance. So I'm glad you said that. So you you mentioned Tony Robbins. You were at Tony Robbins. How was that? Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I went, I I like disappeared off the face of the earth for like seven days. Um, No, it was amazing. I went to Unleash the Power Within last July and then I signed up for his total coaching program thing. And so I went to Business Mastery in January and it was it was amazing. I mean, there's just so many things, not even, I mean, not, um, it's business, but also psychology. Right. And you mentioned mindset. And I think if you take, a, if people take a moment and they stop looking at people as people and started looking at them as just like these moving balls of energy and paying attention to their mindset, then you start to see patterns, whether it's the way that they think about money, it's the way that they think about the way that they live their life and their lifestyle. And it's really just up for us to decide, like, who they who do we want to surround ourselves with? But, um, no, I met some, I met incredible, incredible people. It was just really nice to, everybody was so open about their business. They talked I mean, people who had no clue what business they were starting, haven't started it yet going, but then there's people who had multi-million dollar businesses. So it was like a, a range of, of people and experts and, and whatnot. So yeah. it was awesome. Would you recommend people go to events like that? I think you said it earlier, but I'm gonna ask it again to harp at home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, yeah. I mean, if it's not Tony Robbins, like something else, I think there's definitely in the beginning, if you, it's kind of like a marketing funnel, right? If you're just starting out, you're trying to get your feet around like, okay, what is it that I exactly want to do? What type of business do I want to build? And getting, going to, um, in-person events, I think are so valuable, um, and industry events and big events because you meet one, so many people and two, you're acquiring so much knowledge. What I found is that like, the further you get down the path, you probably integrate yourself more into, um, specific mastermind events or more like high level where it's more intimate, where there's 40 people, not 3000 people. But yeah, I think I recommend it because there's, 
energy exchange between in-person events that you can't get over like, you know, electronics and things like that, which is one of the reasons why I started She Did Her Way Summit is because I'm like, I want to connect with my listeners in person and take it offline so that we can all be in the same room Yeah, I love that. So when did you start that? When was your first event? The first one was October, 2017. I pulled it together in like three months. I kind of, I was like, well, let's let's just experiment. Let's see what happens. And yeah, it was amazing. In three months we had all close to, I think it was 35 women from 11 different States across the country that had joined. And then last April in 2018. So six months later, I did a two day event. And now this April is a two day for emerging entrepreneurs and then side hustle Saturday for side hustlers. Yeah. And people are just starting. So I was just seeing, I was like, why not do three days this year? But again, like I found that there are two different audience showing up and I wanted to be able to cater to both. And so I'm really, really excited about it. I like that you did that instead of the breakout sessions and not to like, you know, trash on anyone or like speak ill. But for me, I think what I found at events when they have like there are a lot of events that try to accommodate different mindsets or different levels. Right. And so they'll have the main stage and then they have like eight different topics and breakout sessions. And I think that can be confusing for attendees, uh, you know, to, to know like, Oh my gosh, where'd I go? And they're jumping back and forth from room to room. Cause they don't want to miss anything. I think I like it when it's kept, uh, you know, more simple than that. Not to say, I don't know if you're planning on breakout sessions and now I'm just like hanging <laughs> on yeah. here or whatever, but no, you know, <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think for us, what I've really valued and what I've always appreciated is that the events have never yeah. been super huge and they've always been a good size for attendees to connect. Cause I think, and it, it really, like you were saying, it depends on the, the outcome that you want. If it's an industry event, you want thousands of people. Like if you're convert kit, you want to get as many people as you can, because you want to get as many yeah. people as you can using your software. For me, it's more about the connection that the women are making at the event. And I think if you get too big, it's yeah. more difficult to do that. And it's harder to touch each individual in a certain way and make that connection. Like, um, this year, I originally aimed for 90 in April and that's fine if we get there. But the more I think about it, I'm like, I, I would be so happy if it right. was like 60 people because really it's about that environment. And if you get too big, you lose some sort of the, it's like the secret energy or juice yeah. or whatever secret sauce, yeah. I guess. I totally so. understand. All right. So random question. Uh, if there was one yeah. thing that you could learn today, like one skill, one talent, one trait that I could just bop and you just suddenly knew how to do. What's one of the things you love to know how to do? Strategic copywriting. That's important. Yes. Strategic is the word, is the main word. Well, I guess does does it need to be business or could it be anything? It doesn't matter. Business, but that's. Oh, Oh, well now we're going wide on this. (laughs) Oh, I wish I could speak fluently in another language. Spanish or French, maybe yeah. even Mandarin. That's a good trait to have. I, especially, I mean, oh, when they speak Spanish and they don't think that you're listening or you don't know what's about them. And I sometimes I want to be like, <laughs> I heard that. I know what you're saying. I feel like I can see you just totally picking up and going somewhere that, you know, Spanish is the language and spending two months and coming home fluent. Yeah. I thought about it. I f- <laughs> 
I'm retiring my husband and then we're living with our kids for three months. And that, that's, yeah, uh, that's I could totally <laughs> see that, um, that happening down there. And I'm going to follow you and see when that happens. I'm going to be like, go oh, Amanda, yeah. she's learning Espanol. Huh? What is yours? What is yours? If you could learn one, you know, it's not fair when people turn the questions around on me, right? <laughs> I know, but as a fellow podcaster, it's only my due diligence to ask you as well. Um, I think in a non-business forum, I think I'd probably have to say skiing or snowboarding so I can hang with my kids on the mountain. Like, right. It's like I drive them. I don't know how to do it. So I think I'm missing out on some quality time with the kids because it's not something I do. I ride horses yeah. and I hike, you know, but, um, skiing and all that. I don't. And as for, I guess, business wise, I think oh, there's so many things, right. That could enhance you that enhance I know, right? you, but <laughs> probably just get better at the, um, going for it mode is, is an important thing. Yeah. So we talk a lot. I don't know um, if you know our background here at Snippets or whatever, but part of why we do what we do is because we just found ourselves being impacted by all the negativity in the country and the divisiveness and that it was taking people's eye off the ball. I'm a military family and I'm like, we gave a lot for this country and it was upsetting me to see that people were dismissing it. Right. So um, what we do is we link people up with resources and avenues to get to the American dream. And we feature people like you who exemplify all that can be done and had in this country. Yes. But I like to ask our, our guests, I'd love to hear what you have to say when I say to you, when I ask you what the American dream means to you, you know, how would you define the American dream? Oh gosh. Um, I, you know, it's kind of, I just got back from being abroad. And when, when you ask that question, it's, there's right. Like, um, I would, the first thing that came to mind was the freedom piece of it. And sometimes, you know, having freedom of speech isn't always the most eloquent. Um, it's not always it's abused, a benefit yeah. per se. It's yeah. right. Like, it's the beauty that we have, I don't know, freedom of speech. It's the beauty that we have the freedom in the capacity that we do. And yes, it's not always used in the manner that we had, that we would always hope yet at the core of it, we have a lot of freedoms in this country and a lot of access to things that if we want to do, and does that mean that it's the same experience from one individual to the next, to the person? No, it does not. But if we truly can find ourselves and if we want to do certain things, like most of the time there is the freedom that allows us to do it more so in comparative to other places. And I, I think like that and having military and armed forces to be able to protect that freedom is, is a, a blessing and, and not, um, doesn't go unnoticed or unappreciated, un yeah, unappreciated. Perfect. Thank you. So, um, Remind yeah. us again, if people want to follow you, they want to find one of your summits, they want to learn from you or, you know, support your yeah. work or follow you on Instagram, <laughs> hook us up. Where can people find you? Yeah. Go to she did it From there, you can access all the podcast episodes. You can get in touch, um, see like the summit. You can get on the wait list for her way society and check out more of our, we have freebies on there as well. So she did her way And then it's, she did it her way on, um, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, yeah. which I'm really over, over on Instagram. I'm pretty active. So if you message, you're always going to get, I'm going to awesome. be the one Did responding. Did you say so. you have a wait list for your society? <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah, we close it. It's not, 
Yeah, it's um, it like so it started last June and it's evolved over time, right? Like that also started as an experiment and it's been an amazing journey and figuring it out and working with it. But it's probably one of my favorite avenues to be able to connect with people and then bring in guest experts and do coaching hours and hot seat calls and things like that. So, yeah. And it, awesome. yeah, it's great. Thank you. I love it. Thank you so much for taking time. I know you are like mad busy, so I'm really glad that we were able to nail you down. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. All right, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Sippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'd also personally like to thank Amanda Bowen for being here and sharing her story. If you want to learn more about Amanda, as always, head on over to americansippets.com forward slash zero nine one. Check out the full video interview. Check out the featured article that we did. And we'll also include some social media links so you could follow her. Don't forget to check out the She Did It Her Way podcast that Amanda Bolin runs. Uh, and make sure you check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at American Snippets. Uh, on our YouTube channel, we publish a lot of a lot of inspirational content that we don't publish here on this audio program. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us there. I uh, hope you have an amazing rest of the week. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time. Yeah.